everybody. This is Stephanie Ruper. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Naked Humanity podcast, where we try to figure out what it means to be human. Today is episode number 54, and I have on David Gurry, who is a yoga teacher and has been now for more than 20 years. I just got off the chat with uh, David, and I it was everything that I hoped it would be. I have actually for quite some time been looking to bring on a specialist in uh, yoga who would not only be able to talk about the practice, but be able to talk about uh, yoga in today's world, how it's become so popular. Uh, Is it helping us meet the world's needs? Is it helping us become better people? What can we do instead? What kinds of different approaches are there? Uh, And so David and I really uh, get into it and unpack all those sorts of things. It's really wonderful. Um, And I want to read you a little bit about uh, David's bio and his life. It's uh, very fascinating. Like I said, he has been uh, working in this world for a very long time. So you must imagine that there has been so much change in the landscape of yoga you know, uh, in the last 20 years or so. Uh, so David Garig is an internationally recognized yoga teacher and creator of the Asana Kitchen Video Instruction Series and is one of the leading online yoga learning resources on YouTube. True. David travels extensively throughout the US, Europe, and India, offering workshops, in-depth studies, and retreats. David also writes passionately and eloquently on the subject of yoga. He has written Vayu City, Secrets to Yogic Breathing, King of Asanas, Mastering Head Balance and Inversion Principles and Maps and Musings. David has numerous online courses and writings on his website that his students around the world utilize to progress in their Hatha Yoga studies. For almost 30 years, David has maintained an enthusiastic personal practice that is dedicated to asana and pranayama study in the Ashtanga tradition. His intense dedication to practice and to teaching and inspiring his students forms a diverse, soulful, open-hearted, and seriously global learning community. Uh, it all feels uh, very real and exciting um, to me after having spoken with David. I So yeah, I encourage you to just get to know the world of yoga a little bit and see what's going on, what your options are, and uh, let me know what you think. Get at me. Um, and, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Stephanie Ruper if you have any comments or questions or ideas about this episode. And I will, of course, provide links to David's website and other materials in the show notes so that you may also contact him directly. Thank you so much. And here is David. Okay, David, hi. Hi there. Hi, it's uh, it's lovely to meet you. Do you, you mind if I ask where in the world you are? I'm actually not sure. <laughs> I'm at home in Philadelphia. Philadelphia, yep. born and raised. Okay. No, actually not born and raised. I was. I know born, it just happens. Yeah, um, born in Seattle, but Philadelphia is home for now. It has yeah. been for about ten years, and I'm I'm not I'm actually not here, or I'm gone a lot. So. It is a question you have to ask. Where are you right now? <laughs> mm. Yes, and the question of where is home is always always very tricky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So to, to sort of kick things off, could you uh, could just uh, tell me a little bit about uh, what what you're doing in the world right now and how you sort of got to be in this position. <laughs> Um, as long form as you want. (laughs) Yeah. Well, um, well, I'm teaching yoga and, um, 
And it took a long time to get to the way that I actually do it now. Because I've been teaching since pretty full time since 1996. And so there's been a lot of evolutions and changes and uh, evolved to what I do now, which is mostly I, oh, I travel to groups and present uh, kind of a whole picture of yoga. And so I'm not like involved in people's daily practice per se. I'm, I'm coming in and giving people a kind of context for the daily practice. And um, so I'm sort of a, an advocate for yoga, or a speaker about mm -hmm. yoga. And I, I try to uh, represent the full spectrum of what yoga is and can be or how it can serve a person from like the physical to the, the psychological and, and spiritual. And um, so, and, and the way that you phrased the question, I like that. Oh, my cat is making an appearance. This is Bunny. Yay, hi. Yes, hello, <laughs> Bun. And um, so because, um, yeah, it's a, it's a very funny thing. It's very, uh, it's a challenge for me that what I do because it involves, um, well, speaking for one and, uh, and just, and that's challenging for me. I'm pretty introverted and, uh, shy in, a, in by nature, but, but then sort of, I feel like the universe has sort of pushed me into this, uh, role of, um, advocating for yoga and in a certain perspective that is not really being represented uh, either. And so it's a little bit of a, a different or independent take on yoga that I'm bringing. And particularly I teach within the Ashtanga yoga. It's a certain lineage or branch of yoga. And, um, and I'm offering something a little bit alternative or uh, a different perspective on how to go about the practice and uh it, and so yeah there's mm. a certain uh, uh involved in it per se like yeah and uh so <laughs> that's great so have you sort of always been in a position of having an alternative view or you know this sort of counter unique perspective or did that evolve over time or is that sort of I've had to emerge have. recently? Always. Always. Okay. I, <laughs> in some ways I've, I, for a longest time, I've always wished for something else. Hmm. Like I, I wished to be a doctor in with the house in the suburbs and the family and the, you know, the BMW. And I, I and I, I even wished to be like, like a, a really upstanding kind of conventional member of the Ashtanga lineage or the branch. And it seems like it just never works out that way. That one way or another, I end up as more of a trickster, kind of on the outside sort mm -hmm. of saying, hey, wait a minute, look at this over here. And Right. So 
what is like the, what is the status quo? You know, what is more normal and in, in what is your, what is the difference in your approach? Um, well, that. <laughs> it's huge. I know. Huge. But, um, well, Ashtanga is a very um, set practice in a lot of ways. So it, it's, um, you learn, you do the same series uh, every day, six days a week. And it's a very codified uh, system, really well established what you do. And, and then there's certain rules that are pretty set in place. And they, and they have to do with uh, the body, like movement and posture. And they, and they have to do with etiquette and, and, and if attitudes and things. And, um, and I just see a lot of uh, need for interpreting the system differently. Uh, the, the, the rules that are governing how to, how to use the body, how to, uh, like, there's kind of, uh, it's called vinyasa is the, the term. And so there's, there's all these transitions. That's part of what makes Ashtanga unique is that you're, you're constantly transitioning between doing the postures and the, the transition are formal and they're very, uh, kind of relentless and repetitive. And, um, and so I, I have a lot to say about how to do those vinyasa, like how to transition. And then also what you do when you're in the asana, the posture itself. And then also just like even the culture around what you value about doing the pose. And, um, well, I'll just tell you some big differences. Like, it's a funny thing because in Ashtanga, it's, um, it's like almost frowned upon to give instructions about how to do a posture. Mm. It's, not, it's something that like, it, it's like, you don't do that in Ashtanga. You don't like talk about the rotation of the joints or, um, or, or even the process of how you get into a pose or, and, um, and so, and things like props are taboo. Mm -hmm. So if you have, if you struggle with a pose, the, the answer in Ashtanga is not to like grab a block or get something to sit on or, you know, and, and I just don't agree. Why not? Because, because there's, because it's, you can take like very pro problems that are very simple to uh, make a positive impact on or solve by pulling out a prop or by giving verbal instruction. Mm. And it's just, I don't know, I get, there's an illogic to the, um, mm. to some of the rules that I don't, I, I just. Yeah. So you, um, your practice sort of involves more self-reliance or discovery or sort of uh, through these routines and consistently trying every day without leaning on things that you sort of you you do gain from them but is is it sort of this process of of more radical self-reliance that is meaningful for you yes 
Okay. I love that <laughs> radical self-reliance. Yeah, you can. Like, like, that's exactly like, that's my whole attitude towards the something like uh, Ashtanga. So it's a method that's supposed to teach you self-reliance. So it's supposed to mm. teach you like, you're supposed to like look at these rules and see their usefulness, but then change them or bend them or adapt them if that's what is needed for your individual circumstances. And mm. you need the freedom to be able to do that. And not only do you, you need it, but it's like you're meant to have it, right? Mm. That that's why you even do yoga. I, I love that, that you're radical self-reliance. That is exactly yeah. it. Like, exactly. And you see this, and when you're asking, like, what am I doing in the world? Like, I feel like this is a huge part of what I'm doing in teaching yoga because it's because it's this time that you reserve for yourself mm-hmm. every day. And uh, and I am an advocate. So a lot of my kind of audience and, and people around the world that, that follow me or learn from me, they practice at home alone. So there's not as many that are going to studios and things. Because it's partly that is because I'm such an advocate for taking that time for yourself, withdrawing, and then just being with yourself and getting to know you and, and in all these really basic ways that like that that yoga gives you the gift of um, being able to explore, like your breath. Mm. Just a very, the most fundamental thing about having a body and being human in a, in a body, right? Sure. Breathing, standing, sitting, mm. and um, just focusing, focusing inside. Right. Do you, um, so obviously yoga has become very popular, right? Uh, yeah. And so... Uh, has the kinds of yoga that's become very popular and uh, different from this more radical self-reliant approach? Like what, what are the goals there? I hear a lot of like, I've done YouTube yoga, right? And I've heard a lot of um, like acceptance and you're sighing, right? You hear, you, I mean, I, these things are not necessarily bad, right? But this is sort of the, there's a difference, right? Between this, this more popular movement and what you're doing. Yeah. And I, I, the sigh was not exactly like annoying in a way because the honest truth is I don't pay very much attention to mm-hmm. it. I kind of know that it's out there. I get little glimpses here and there of, but uh, but I but in a way I don't think it's fair because I don't know. I don't go to a lot of yoga classes right mm-hmm. now, and so I can't really speak to it. But uh, and but and it's also part of my idea about how we should all proceed with our path, though, and, mm. and, and something I really value, which is to positively go into what you find, right? So what what I'm finding is I'm advocating for that. So I, I'm not really against something else. Right. I'm for something. And, that's um, that's so beautiful and needed, yeah. right? Um, yeah. And so you're sort of, you have this message and it resonates with some people, right? And so you do it and help people with this particular method. And for the others, if it works for them, that's great. It works for them. Yeah. And 
And it's challenging though, because certainly people come to my classes and my workshops and I can tell that they're learning something else and they're being told other things that, that a lot of times I don't agree with and that I, I think are holding them back. And mm. so I have to negotiate that. You know, and people also do, they, they sort of, they want, they want to compare. They want to know like, well, so-and-so told me this and now you're telling me that. And, and so, and I try to avoid speaking to what the other person is saying, because I don't really know about it, but I do know about what I'm saying and I can give you information about that. Mm. And, um, and I can say that I've, I've explored the puzzles and the, the, the various problems and kind of circumstances that come up in a daily Hatha yoga practice extensively, right. like that that's what I do all the time. And so, so I definitely like am in there grappling with, with the things. And, um, and so I have some, some answers that I feel are really helpful and workable. Mm. And, uh, yeah, that's that's fascinating. Did you did you come into did you find yoga and and become committed to it because it helped you in these specific ways that you're trying to you know help others? Yeah, yeah. I um I see, and I partly I found I stumbled into yoga. Uh, well, I found it at a really early age, um, just by friends teaching me it by chance. And, um, and then I practiced it on my own for um, more, almost 10 years before I ever took a class. Um, just really um, free form and always outside. I think I, I did it outside as this communing with nature and breath. And, um, and, uh, and it was like what actually got me to a yoga class was running. I was running, I uh, started distance running. And so I, I was getting really tight. So I actually ended up with a yoga class and I fell in love with it. Um, and then I don't, I've always been very uh, kinesthetically tuned in. Like um, I was just always been into sports and uh, I was really into skateboarding. That was a, my, my big passion when I was a teenager. And uh and so there's very, I'm very connected physically. And so that is a very natural thing for me. And, but the thing that, see, the other thing is, is I was very lost um, in go, go, even going to college and then after college. And, and I, because yoga is is something it's more than physical to me it's like amazing combination of um, skills or uh, knowledge that goes into it and i um i could not figure out what to do like as a for, for work mm -hmm. and i spent 10 years uh searching and just suffering and struggling like wait i was a waiter and um and i there, like I didn't even know how 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 much it was just uh, challenging me that like that I wanted meaningful work. I wanted mm -hmm. to do something that was really important to me, and it was partly why I couldn't figure out what to do. Yeah, and um, and I, I took like I took career counseling for one year, 
like, you know how you take a few aptitude tests or something. And I was in it for one year and I didn't, wasn't any closer to figuring out what I wanted to do. Hmm. And, um, and I feel like partly the, the reason why was because it, it was so unique. Like what I do is so unique and strange in a way. And, and, um, and it's big. It's not a small thing because mm-hmm. yoga is, it's at heart, it's a spiritual teaching and it's a spiritual discipline. And yes, in modern yoga and in, even in the, what's called Hatha yoga, it's very physical practice. But, but that's only the, a little piece of what it actually is. And so, um, so it took me a long time to come around to what I think is like a perfect combination of things for me to do to work because yeah. it wouldn't be enough for me to like be like a physical therapist or something like. Sure. You see a kind of. So uh, you. You talked about the the spirit and and the physical, and you you said this is spiritual work, and I am deeply interested in that. You know, what is it? Um, what is your experience of of being like a like a spiritual teacher, right? Um, yeah. And like, how do you do? You feel do you feel like that's a great responsibility, right? Like, how do you sort of shoulder? How do you train yourself and then feel? Um, you know, certified or whatever, like legitimate as a spiritual teacher. And, you know, how does that process work for you? Yeah, um, it's, it's terrible, terribly challenging and terrible. Okay, Um, good. Good answer. Yeah. The responsibility and the, and the feeling like I have any authority or anything to say, or that I actually have, um, any spiritual maturity, you know, enough that I could be a leader. Like all of these things are haunting and crushing the the weight of them. Like it's, uh, it's a very, very demanding job uh, in that. And, uh, and I, but I also try to be very real and honest to the, as much as I can. And um, I try to, um, sort of limit the scope of what I teach to very practical things that, um, th- so that the person does have c- come to this radical self-reliance. And there, I feel that the yoga, it's really is a technology. It's, it's techniques that the person becomes skilled in using for themselves and, and then self-discovery happens. And so, I, that's what I'm trying to convey to people. And yeah. How, uh, how close is what you do or what you sort of teach to uh, the tradition of yoga that stretches back centuries, right? Like, do you try to stay loyal to traditional precepts or have they been reformed in your training or are you reforming them? Like, what is the relationship there? Um, so you, I think you just said them all kind of right there in your summary. Like the, I, I, I try my, I try to respect what came before, try to know about it and study it. And, um, I try to, um, kind of 
recreate or actualize that. But, but I also very much feel that it's, it's a frontier. Like it's so, so much is unexplored. And mm -hmm. that's one of the most amazing things about every aspect of yoga that, it, and it's just like, I feel so lucky or so fortunate in a way that because of how untapped it is. And, and, and I, and that's another thing though, that I, I feel like I have uh, kind of loosened my own um, sense of creativity or something to the, to the point where I can take the basic things and decide, no, those, I mean, cause they can seem like, no, these are written in stone and this mm -hmm. is yoga, you know, and, but me, I feel like, no, they're not written in stone. They're, they're these, they're beginnings and there's so much to open up into and that they, you, you have to, to, as a modern person with modern circumstances, you, you have to discover new, new things about old practices and um it's one of the most amazing things about the whole thing and the more most exciting things to me uh, about them and, and so and i teach it's not just uh it's very um technical physical things mm -hmm. and more like interpreting philosophy right as well right i want to definitely get to that closeness between mind and uh, body in a second. Um, you were talking about the sort of modern reinterpretation of, you know, old texts and traditions. And I think something that's so remarkable is that um, this parallel happens, right? Like that's happening in Christianity all the time. It's happening in Islam. It's happening in it's Buddhism. It's happening in all the traditions, right? And um, you know, in in like in the academy where we study religion, there's a number of people looking at yoga as it's being practiced, like in America or in the West today, and looking for like parallels. You know, is it being kind of like a religion? How is it like a religion? How is it not? Um, but I think this thing that you said, and especially for the teachers who are more like loyal or seeking loyalty to, you know, the ancient traditions, like that's so real and so beautiful and so important. Like we can't reject a practice because it's modern because we're modern, you know, and yeah. uh, we need to, but I like the connectedness too. You know, I, I don't think we can ever, should ever disconnect from our past. Yeah. And, and also it's just wrong to assume that any human being, no matter how wise and what they offered like that they didn't make mistakes or mm -hmm. um didn't have blind spots or that they covered all the ground on something that 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 is just not not so right and and um so there's it's um yeah and it, it's just the nature of it that yeah and it's just a beautiful part of it, right? Mm -hmm. That each person has something new to, to bring to it and to discover about it. And, and it really is built into the yoga too. That's the other thing. Like just if you, I don't know how, how deep we'll get into it, but just the idea that like, so that 
part of what you're trying to re do is kind of not identify with your this personal individual self sure. and you're supposed to become a seer to the whole thing and that and the whole idea of seer it's a unique seeing like that's the whole thing is it that each person has a whole different perspective to bring each one that's born and so of course you're going to everyone's going to see something different and and uh, come from a different view and so somehow you have to uh, validate that and uh, and incorporate that into the history or what what happens in a religious path or a spiritual path like that mm. right? yeah i I love that and sort of circling back a little bit to you know what you were saying about being an embodied practice or a technique right like uh who was it Foucault would have called that like a you know technique of the technique of the self um there are like we are we are bodies you know and it's sort of maybe this is a part of why yoga is it's part of it's not the whole reason but yoga has become very popular as we're sort of realizing today that like oh yeah we're not just like minds and spirits right we're sort of a whatever you know yes, a messy so thing together included <laughs> yeah stephanie no this is so th see this is partly what I bring, I feel like unique to like, because there's still so many people practicing yoga that don't recognize the value of the body and the material world. Mm. And that's, what's so strange about me in a way is cause like partly I, like I say that I kind of went, I went kicking and screaming into yoga. Like I didn't want to be a yoga teacher, mm. <laughs> you know, like I felt like I've, I've resisted it. And, and, and it's taken me more than 20 years or, or to actually like almost in a way resign or go, okay, yes, the universe chose a great thing for me to do, you know? And partly it's because I love the world. <laughs> I love every, I love all material things. And, and I know that there's so many problems that can go wrong with excess and consumption and corruption and, you know, just we know, we can see the world gone crazy, mm. going crazy. But at the same time, there's the, the, this is part of what I feel like, is that the answer to these deep problems it has to do with combining the material and the spirit and finding a balance and honoring and respecting both and seeing that we are, we, we, that we, we belong as part material. Mm. And, and so to me, that's part of what needs to evolve in the perspective of spiritual traditions is the yeah. rejection of the material. Well, people are, I think we have, and this is so culturally embedded, but you know, it's so easy to be afraid of the body because if you think if you're a body, then you're meaningless, right? We have this idea that your spirit has to be disconnected from your body. It has to be, you know, higher, able to commune yeah. with God or heaven or, or what have you. Like this is the tradition we've inherited. And so um, I, it's, I think it's- will lead you into sin. Exactly. All this, yeah. Yeah, but there are so many beautiful ways, right? And including yours of being a spiritual human within- within an embodied context, you know, um, and actually as is the case for you, 
practicing embodying yourself and using that as a way to actually make you more spiritually aware. Um, yeah. And, and at least trying. Like to me, it's a, there's a pretension, it's kind of pretentious in a way, but I don't know, but the, because, yeah, because I don't know, it's so easy to be, to be into yoga or whatever, in, in, or some kind of spiritual thing and, and not be a nice person or not be kind or loving, you know, mm. like that, that can happen. And, and yet there's something, yeah, there's something noble mm. and courageous about calling it spiritual and trying for it, do you know? Yes. And yes. Um, even if you're going to really mess it up <laughs> because of, because you're human and you're, you get angry and right. And all the, the things that, that are. Yeah, sure. So what is it about your practice? You know, if you can boil it down to a thing or two or three um, that can actually help you, you know, develop this, self-awareness and this more world awareness and, you know, be, be more, uh, what did you, you know, be more kind, right. Be more peaceful, be more kind. What is it? What, what is the fundamental aspect that helps you do that? <laughs> um, well, I, I mean, I think there, the, it, it's a big answer. There's a lot to it, but I think that it, like very basic things, like if you can carve out however much time per day, for yourself um, that, mm -hmm. that really is for you then just that in itself calms you down and and just makes it easier to be in the world and mm. to, and also to do the the duties that you have to do that that may maybe are challenging or unpleasant or not exactly what you would want to do like so so I think there's that. There's just that time for yourself. Um, then there's also taking control. It's it's amazing. You you, you control your body to a certain degree, and uh, in a and into a pretty large degree if you really get into it. And so you like you. It's funny because you like can influence your digestion, you know? And sometimes a lot of uh, being in a bad mood is just, you know, indigestion or feeling all blah, you know? And <laughs> so it's a kind of purification where you, you clear out and physically and mentally. And so you just come to a happier state. Mm. And, and like breathing, when you really breathe, you you influence your hormones and you like well-being comes from these. It's, it, it, you can see um, that Iyengar, he had that famous thing how he says you, you come to a crossroads where you can use yoga for boga, which is like pleasure and experience or, or for yoga, mm. for like spiritual awakening. And I mean, yoga is like a drug. It's a, really amazing to breathe and come into the present moment and go into trance and do postures and you feel good and if you get if you go about it with the right spirit I mean yeah but yeah. um so 
so there's that aspect of um, being a kinder person, but, but there's also, so there's two things, um, Stephanie, I'll try, I don't know how I'm going too long. (laughs) Go for it. Go for it. I'm here. (laughs) Um, So one thing is, is that, well, that you're trying to come to the spiritual perspective, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the, this idea of seer to the world. And the seer is really different than the person that identifies with the individual body, the individual ego, and all all the little concerns of this body. Because when you're a seer, you understand the interconnectedness of everything. And so all of a sudden, everything's, the well-being of the entire existence becomes your concern. And that's where you get ideas about love and kindness and kind of uh, charity and making sure that that and justice and these very important qualities that we we all need to be practicing diligently right and um and there's so much division and so so to to start to embrace this uh, a wider perspective will definitely make you a kinder person but the, lastly, see, and this is where this is one of these places where I feel like I'm. Um, uh, I don't want to be presumptuous, but in a way, adding to yoga, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is the, so that dharma, dharma is a really important word, and it means cosmic justice. So yeah. and it, it so it it means like spiritual principles, uh, and, but it also means um, uh, like duty or calling. And, um, and I also, I feel like each person that becoming a seer, it's like a, you're becoming, you're asked to become a visionary. Like it's almost like a shamanistic practice where that what really is fulfilling and what, what makes you having a, a happy life and not lashing out in anger or, um, in being hateful is, if you get in touch with your vision for the world, like what is my work here? What is my duty? And, and so yoga's like that. It's like a, it's a vision quest, but, and it like, and vision quest, it doesn't just happen once, you know, like you have the idea that when you're a boy or a girl and you're going to go into adulthood, right? You would go out into the desert for three days and have a vision and then come back a different person and have like a role to play within the the culture. But, but I love it because in one uh, thing that when Joseph Campbell wrote about that, he said that a person can vision quest as often as they like, as often as necessary. So it's mm. not just three days out there and then you come back and you, ah, oh, I know what my mission is. No, with yoga, I mean, you literally go into the cave once a day. Mm. And kind of identify where you are and who you are and where you want to be going. And the more that you're able to like get in touch with that and feel empowered and do those kind of take steps towards uh, doing your work or being the person you want to be, then the kinder you're going to be mm. out there and yeah. find a place of belonging, you know, yeah, I I think those are admirable goals and probably quite effective, you know, ways to go about them. Uh, they've been tested for 
many, you know, for eons and, and again, like reformulated for the modern world. Um, and yeah. I think, you know, returning to the body and this idea you said about like vision questing every day. I think that that's, I think that that's really important. And I've seen so many people post like meditation challenges or yoga challenges. Like I did this every single day. And while that might just be like cute social media fluff or whatever, there's yeah. also something deeply transformative about committing yourself to that grounding and that perspective and that awareness, like again and again and again. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm also like, w- when you do that, the, the, it's, to, it's a super challenge, like to get on there day after day is, uh, and partly it's a challenge because of your shadow. Like mm-hmm. you, you, you have to look at your anger. You have to look at the ways that you're not satisfied and your, your grief and, and the, and your confusion your uncertainty, your doubt, all of these things and, and be with them like for, and some mm-hmm. of them, and like ready answers don't necessarily come. So sometimes these things can last for quite a long time and you, but you kind of have the discipline and the consistency and slowly and it, a perspective takes shape where you you get some peace mm. yeah yeah i that's lovely so um this is really hard to believe but we're actually starting to come up on time and yeah. i have a feeling that you might be able to come up with a uh a, a thing that you might like a, a recommendation or um sort of prescription that you might have for somebody who is interested in this sort of thing, but doesn't really, you know, hasn't really put their toes in the water yet. Like what might, you know, what do you have to recommend? Stephanie, you, you know, the the amazing thing, I I love this. Sorry. but So what I did for that 10 years when I'd had no teacher really essentially is I did the, it's called Surya Namaskara. Surya is the sun god and Namaskara is this prayer or this um, acknowledging. Um, And I did that only pretty much. And so, and it didn't, it's like five minutes a day, 10 minutes a day. Right. And so it's very easy information to get now. You can go right on YouTube. I even have it on YouTube, the, a couple of versions of Surya Namaskara. There's there's different ways to practice it, but that would be one really easy way to do it is just decide, I'm going to give it a go for five to 10 minutes a day. Um, another way would be just, there's there's a yoga studio on every corner now, is um, just to take a class and try. Um, and... And there's no need for a big ambition to mm. start with. And also, I would recommend trying more than one studio or more than one teacher, just because there's so many different types of yoga, and there it might take you more than one try to find something that makes sense to you. Um, um, and I would say that Really, it's very, it's, it's why I like the sun salutation, actually, because it's, it's movement with breathing. 
And then there's a little bit of uh, holding the position. So, and this is really what's what the basis for discovering yoga is like mm. using movement to bring your breathing alive. And which is something that even, even if you run or play basketball, your breathing, it comes alive, but it's not the same if you're really paying attention to it and super conscious of it. Mm. And, and so, um, so, and then the, and that leading to stillness, so moving with breath and then just coming into little moments of stillness and starting to discover that almost every human being will actually gravitate towards that if you give mm. a chance, because it's, it's just so foundational. So, so basic to being a person. Yeah. Um, okay. So, and also you like Instagram and stuff, right? So where can people yeah. find you if they want to learn more about your approach? Oh, no, I don't, I don't know my Instagram. Seriously? That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> or like your website, right? Like what's your website? com is my okay. website. I'll, um, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. So. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Lovely. Um, thank you for having me. I really enjoyed uh, speaking with you. Yeah. Thank you so much, David. I, this was really uh, lovely and what I have been looking for and looking for a, a yoga aficionado <laughs> or teacher to bring on. So thank you a lot. And thank you everybody who's listening. Like I said, I will uh, provide a link uh, to David's website in uh, the show notes and thank you all of course, so much for tuning in. So I'm um, actually, Stephanie, can I, I don't know. One if more would, thing. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, if, uh, if I have a lot of le learning resources um, on online, I have courses and um, I teach all over and, um, and I do have those um, active social media sites. So those are also be good ways to get into yoga. And um, I, so I could help you to, to, to get into it too, even though I don't have a home studio where I teach every day. Right. But, uh, so, well, yeah, no, I, I think that's great. And most of us look on social media first these days anyway. So, um, yeah, yeah I, I will uh, scan the internet for links and make sure I include them all. Um, yeah. Everybody heard it from David. Uh, David, thank you so much uh, for joining us. This has been uh, really great.